Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. And welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I'm your host, Dr. Barry Perry, your favorite board-certified internist. Founder of DrBarryPierre.com, as well as the CEO of Pierre Medical Consulting, helping you empower yourself for better health with the number one podcast for patient advocacy, affirmation, and education. This week, we bring you a solo episode of yours truly, and I'm going to be talking about how I, as a hospital physician, has been dealing with the coronavirus since it really kind of, you know, kind of came into fruition. Uh, in the public eye and kind of shut down really the world. So we're going to be talking about what it's like to deal with pre-COVID uh, life in the hospital setting, as well as what it's like kind of dealing with it in the now, right? Because obviously we are still in the middle of dealing with uh, this virus that has affected so many. We'll talk about uh, how many and, you know, unfortunately how many people have died, unfortunately, here in the United States um, and really across the world. So, uh, again, like always, if you have not had a chance, remember to rate us uh, five stars, hit us with a five star comment. Let us know, um, you know, what you feel about the episode or just what you feel about the podcast in general and subscribe, subscribe and, you know, tell not one, but tell 10 friends, tell 10 friends uh, to subscribe and uh, join the Lunch and Learn community uh, here with yours truly, Dr. Barry. This podcast is sponsored by the Lunch and Learn Community Merchandise Store, living out the motto, empower yourself for better health. At the store, you can get your favorite t-shirts, coffee mugs, even wristbands, and more. For a limited time, you can get 10% off your next purchase using the coupon code EMPOWER10. That's EMPOWER10, E-M-P-O-W-E-R-10. Just go to shop.drbayerpr.com to pick up your purchase and get 10% off today. And remember, 50% of your purchases will be donated to the Five Star Scholarship Foundation, a nonprofit organization for high school students. And thank you again for joining another episode of your truly guys, Dr. Barry. So uh, another solo episode, we haven't done this uh, a solo one in a while, right? I was looking back, I think it was like episode 139 uh, last time we did a solo episode. So I wanted to kind of refresh my podcast audience on the coronavirus and more importantly, I think what it's like to be a hospital doctor with all that is kind of going around. Um, for those who follow me on my uh, you know, in my group, um, definitely join the group if you not have a chance. Uh, for those of me, and link will be in the show notes to join my group, um, as well as on my YouTube page. I've kind of talked about what is the coronavirus. Um, by the time you listen to this video, uh, there's likely no way you don't know what is it in general. But um, I do have not one but two different uh, YouTube videos to kind of discuss kind of the, the the meat and potatoes of what is the coronavirus in general. For those who really want to know specifically, oh, what is the coronavirus? Um, that uh, YouTube video is uh, for that. Um, this one, we're going to just kind of assume that you know what the coronavirus is, right? Because it's obviously affected you, especially by the time that you're listening to this um, episode. Uh, but more importantly, like, what is it 
what has it done to me as a hospital physician? For those who know, I am a hospital doctor, meaning I take care of patients um, who get admitted to the hospital. And my ultimate number one goal is to make sure they leave the hospital, right? That's something I tell my residents all the time, that the goal, anytime you see a patient, especially in an emergency room that you're going to admit to a hospital, is to make sure that they can leave the hospital, right? Because it is unfortunately not guaranteed. And with the coronavirus as it is, right, and we'll, we'll get into some numbers later, um, it is not a guarantee that you'll be walking out. Uh, the hospital because of this virus, right? So uh, let's kind of talk about, I want to I kind of talk about it in different stages, right? Right now, I want to talk about the pre-COVID life as a hospital physician. So uh, going on into like the January, February timeframe, right? Because COVID uh, really took over um, really in March. Early in that March timeframe is when everything started like really happening as far as the lockdowns and conferences being canceled and uh, NBA and all these other sports associations, such as saying, no, we're not doing it anymore. So it really started happening around March. So January, February timeframe, you know, there were essentially kind of whispers of this virus kind of coming out of China, but really did not hit over here in the United States at this time. So majority of our, I guess, kind of our workload really dealt with what we call like the bread and butter uh, related issues as far as um, pneumonia and the flu and, you know, various infections and heart attacks and strokes and those things that we typically see in the hospital setting. Now, what happened, especially with Corona, what happened with Corona? It was one of those things that, uh, unfortunately, we were not prepared for, as you can see, especially when I talk about some of these numbers of, you know, number of cases, number of deaths uh, here just in the United States versus kind of the world. Um, it was something that we were not prepared for, and it was something that as a hospital, especially here, um, I'm, I practice at uh, Wellington Regional Medical Center. So it was, one, it was one of those things where like, we had to kind of brace and change a lot of our different tactics on how we were going to treat patients, because here comes this disease that we actually have no textbook to refer to. And that's one of the things that I don't know if people realize, especially in the hospital setting or just in medicine in general. Majority of the time we have, you know, references that we can relate to when we're dealing with our disease processes that tell us how to treat. Right. So it's it's almost like, well, I, I read the book and I know how this typically gets treated. So this is how I'm going to do it. But here you have this virus that you have no playbook on. So just for, you know, shout out to the sports reference, right? You have no playbook on this virus that's coming to uh, your front door, right? Like this, it's not, it's not a scenario of whether it's may, will it come? No, it's coming to your front door. And we had no playbook on it. So uh, the preparation that really had to go down to get ready for the cases and influx of cases uh, that we knew were coming uh, were really remarkable. And again, shout out to Wellington Regional Medical Center and you know all the administration over there uh, for doing such a wonderful job at getting us prepared. Um, I know you guys, especially if you watch on TV or read on news or blogs, um, you know you, you we talk about you know a lot of the the equipment shortages that were there. Now and I can tell you, now there was never a day where. I did not have, you know, my PPE and my face mask and everything else. But I will tell you that we definitely did have to stretch it. Um, and it was something like, again, I, I, my, my old infectious disease doctor um, as an attending uh, when I was a resident, he would say that, you know, your PPE is almost like gold. Like it was something that 
you know, you, you just didn't get rid of because there was a lot of times we would, when I was a resident, we would take care of a patient. We would go into the room with the PPE and then, you know, we leave the room and then we throw it away. Right. And he's like, no, never do that. So uh, he kind of ingrained it in me to always keep my PPE. So that's just something I always have done. I've always been a person to just kind of keep it like in my pocket, especially if the patient that I'm taking care of um, is still there. Um, but what happened, especially with uh, everything going on with uh, Corona and everything else, was that once once um, the 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 virus hit, right? And you seen you seen the market, right? Like everyone buying up the PPE, everyone buying it up. All of a sudden, you had hospitals around the country who did not have it. So fortunately for us, we had our we had our equipment. We just didn't have as many as we wanted, so we did have to stretch it out. Um, you know, and, and wear for a lot more days. You know, I think we had to wear ours for like five days. In fact, not we still do have to wear ours for about five days uh, before getting a new one. Um, they had to the point where like our, you know, we had to kind of lock it up. We had to put it in, you know, uh, you know, certain areas that only certain people could get to, right? Because people were taking more than they should. Um, and that was again really kind of the the, the preemptiveness of uh, Corona, right? Again, it hadn't really hit us yet, but just that level of fear uh, that we knew a disease process was coming. That you know, were we really equipped? you know, to handle it because we didn't know, um, you know, was there that, you know, it caused, it caused people to take, you know, gloves, it caused people to take masks and all the, you know, all these things started missing that usually weren't missing, um, you know, started to occur, right? So that's kind of what the, the, the preemptiveness of Corona kind of did to our hospital. And as a hospital doctor, like I said, I'm still taking care of those patients. Like those patients are still coming. But like, as we move on to the stage where Corona is here, and I actually, in my hospital, I actually took care of the first Corona patient um, who uh, came to the hospital, right? It was a very crazy story. Um, HIPAA reasons why I can't say what the story is that kind of brought this person to the hospital, but like very crazy story. But like, I took care of the first Corona patient that we had in the hospital. And, you know, that level of fear, like I remember taking care of this patient and they were first diagnosed with the coronavirus, you know, positive for COVID-19. Um, and you should just see just the level of fear that surrounded the patient, the level of fear that surrounded the nursing staff, the level of fear that surrounded the physicians, and even especially my residents, to the point where, you know, my, you know, obviously we talk about mental health and, you know, wellness all the time. Like we actually excluded our residents, especially on the, on the medicine service, as to say, on the medicine service, we actually excluded our residents from seeing the COVID-19 patients, right? Like, because we, I could just see that their psyche um, just was not ready for that. Again, they are, you know, they're watching the news as well, right? They see, you know, other residents and they see other physicians and other nurses and other technicians get sick and die, you know, from this disease, right? So, you know, that, that panic and worry is definitely there. So, you know, on the medicine service, you know, our, 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 our core faculty, we actually decided, you know what, we're just not going to let you guys see uh, the patient. Like you don't have to actually see the patient, which I know is definitely different at different hospitals. Um, you know, and again, it's, it's really fortunate. Again, we lucked out that we were just able to do that. Some hospital systems are not able to do it where, you know, we're getting residents have to see, uh, but at least at our hospital, we were able to do that in which we did. Move, moving forward, you know, we're, we're taking care of the first patient and then another patient comes and then another patient comes and another patient comes. And then all of a sudden now patients who may have it start coming, right? So now we're in the, I guess, the mid stage of uh, the coronavirus and COVID-19, right? So now we're getting hit 
uh, with patients who have it, who may have it. And at the time, testing just wasn't where testing uh, is now, especially if you're listening to this, you know, the day of the recording where, you know, we would have to send out a test and we'd wait maybe three to five business days to see if a person was positive. And some patients even longer, like it just, you know, because of the influx and everything else. So for some people, it took even longer, you know, seven days, seven, and I mean business days to see if you had a virus. So imagine, uh, having to be taking care of a patient for seven plus days, not knowing if they have this virus. Um, and, very tough, right? It's very tough from a mental aspect. It's very tough, uh, you know, just from a, just a general physical standpoint, a staff standpoint, just, you know, all these things is kind of working, you know, uh, onto not only yourself, but onto the patient as well um, as we're kind of moving forward, right? Again, again, and what's happening, especially now that we're in the thick of things of the, the COVID-19 kind of crisis, what started to happen, you know, when I talk about those bread and butter cases, you know, the heart attacks, the strokes, the flus, the infections, everything else, all of a sudden, those numbers actually started going down, right? And what we we try to theorize, right? Especially you know us, the medicine service, the emergency room services, and everything else, is that the level of fear was so gripping for a lot of people, you know, across the country that you know what, maybe they weren't doing as much activity as they used to do, or unfortunately, they were like putting off going to the hospital because they didn't want to be around any COVID patients. And that was something I heard a lot. Like I heard a lot of patients say, yeah, I should have came sooner, but I didn't want to be around any patients with that virus. So it was a level of fear that was now keeping patients away from the hospital, even for things that wasn't related to the COVID-19, but just because of the fear of proximity, they weren't even coming to the hospital and some people were coming later uh, than they should, right? So here as a hospital physician, not only am I now dealing with patients who have or may have the COVID virus, uh, but I'm also dealing with patients who still have stroke, um, still have, you know, pneumonias and things else, but they're coming in much later. So they're coming in actually much sicker than they would have came in if they would have just came in on the regular time, right? So as a hospitalist, you're kind of juggling all of these different aspects of care uh, and acuity. And again, you're still worried about like, you know, you're st- you're one, you're worried about like, hey, I got to take care of my patient who may or may not have COVID. Two, I got to, you know, make sure I don't get COVID, right? And I'm actually going to talk about a nice, uh, interesting story about that, you know, that uh, happened like a few weeks ago. Um, and then you're worried about like, I want to make sure I don't bring it to anyone else because as a hospital doctor, or really just anyone in the healthcare field, one of our biggest fears, right? Uh, you know, because obviously, you know, we're all about taking care of the patient, right? Wasn't necessarily the fact that, yes, I don't want to make sure I get it, which it, it probably was, but it definitely was, it was up there. Trust me, it was like one, maybe one B, one C. Most important is that I don't want to be responsible for giving it to others, right? I don't want to be the person who, like, maybe I'm a carrier and I didn't give it to somebody else. So that was something that was, you know, you know, very heavy on a lot of our minds, especially in our hospitalists. Um, group and around uh, from a resident standpoint is just not wanting to be the person who's responsible for giving it uh, to others. So as as a hospital doctor, um, you're dealing with all these stressors here. And then because hospital administration um, is, you know, doing things like, like our hospital, we, we were having to change areas, like areas that used to be, um, you know, medical ICU or now COVID units. And then there were units that used to be medical floors. And now they were, you know, let's see if they have COVID floors and 
all of these different changes that's happening inside the hospital from an administrative standpoint as well is kind of going down uh, amongst the pandemic uh, of sorts, right? And again, you know, and we're hearing the numbers, we're seeing the numbers, right? We're seeing, you know, patients come in and not doing very well. Because I could tell you, we had a lot of patients who came in with the coronavirus, right, and ended up intubated and ended up sicker than, you know, we've ever seen. So again, remember, we don't have a playbook. So we were actually writing the playbook as we're taking care of patients. There were things that we were doing in March for patients with the coronavirus that we don't do now, right? Because something, you know, came out and like, oh, and this study here says you shouldn't do this. And that study here says you shouldn't do that. So uh, imagine being, you know, in the middle of the game, right? In the middle of the game, having to rewrite your playbook because what works or what they said don't ever do in March, they're actually allowing us to do because they see like, oh, you know what? Maybe it ain't as bad as we thought. Um, in and in May, right? So this is kind of the, the the timetable that, as a hospital physician, we've been kind of dealing with. Like we've been dealing with just this this up and down approach of medicine. We've been dealing with the <clears throat> we've been dealing with the change in just the way we had to practice medicine for all of the disease cases, right? Because once the pandemic hit and hospitals really started cracking down across the country, you know, they, one of the biggest things they did was they stopped visitors from coming into the hospital. And visitors, of course, was the family, right? They stopped. Families couldn't even see their family members uh, as they were ill, right? And um, imagine sending your family member and you hear about this deadly virus, right? And you send your family member to the hospital not knowing if they're going to come back. And if they don't come back, you're not even allowed to be there uh, at the final moments because, again, the, we, we can't risk giving you COVID, right? We can't risk giving you the disease that's going to succumb and, and take your grandpa away, that's going to take your uncle away, that's going to take your mother or brother or sister away. We can't even do that, right? So, so now you're having to do a lot more counseling for families, you know, via the phone, right? There are some families I even had to FaceTime just so they can see their loved ones, right? Just because they they hadn't seen them, right? And that was very tough uh, as a hospital physician, right? Understanding, you know, that, that level of concern and grief uh, that these family members had, right? Like I said, again, there's, there's some times where the family members, they're not local, so they're typically calling out and say, that's one thing, right? But imagine being, you know, physically able to go see a relative in a hospital, but literally not being allowed to because it wasn't medically safe to, or a hospital, you know, you know, guidelines said you can't, right? So that's a lot of the things that we, we've had to deal with kind of with covid you know, COVID-19, you know, kind of being where it's at. And, and it has been such a struggle for the hospital physician because we understand that this is, this is a way of life that's not going to change for a while, right? Despite all of the things that are happening, despite all of the, you know, businesses opening up and everything else. And I, I've told uh, my patients all the time that when these, these businesses and these states reopening are not because medically we're doing so much better with covid is that you know what you know business wise businesses have to open right and it was is becoming uh, a more of a calculated risk like hey you know what we're going to open up 
but you know, we're going to force people taking masks. We're going to force people doing these types of things there. Right. So that's kind of where, you know, the, the business is opening up, you know, kind of came into play. Right. Cause again, as I, as I record uh, this episode, right. Just, just to kind of give you the numbers. So everyone's kind of fully aware of where we're at. We have had 103,000 deaths, right? In fact, specifically, we had 103,700 uh, 103, deaths here in the United States, right, as, as I'm recording this. And we've had a total of 1,761,503 cases of COVID-19, period, here. And this is just the United States, right? So this is a disease that is here. It is not going away. Right. And, and I'm going to talk about this in our, um, I guess, I don't want to say post stage because we're still really kind of in the middle of it. Right. But in the post stage. Right. This is a disease that's not going to go away. This is a disease that is going to flare up again. Um, so we have to be wary of that. And I, I want to just tell you about a personal experience I had just kind of dealing with COVID-19 and just dealing with the hospital setting in and of itself, right? So um, last, about two or three weeks ago, depending on when you listen to this, right? So let's say um, early May, right? Early May, right? I, I, I have uh, allergies, right? So typically on a year-to-year basis, I usually will get um, about of like really bad sinus flare-ups that usually then kind of precipitates into a bronchitis flare, right? That's usually the scenario that happens usually once or twice a year, right? So no biggie, no surprise whatsoever. Uh, this one, this episode that I actually got picked up uh, was much more severe than normal, right? It was because I typically, you know, I'll take my antibiotics, I'll take my, you know, my, my, you know, my Afrin, I'll do all those things there to get over the sinus infection. Then when the bronchitis types of flare, I may get like a Medro dose pack um, to, you know, it's kind of a steroid dose pack to kind of help me breathe a little bit, then I'm kind of good to go. Uh, but this, this year, this one hit me way harder, uh, than expected, right. To the point where I ended up having to go to the ER, right. I ended up going to ER one because my wife was freaking out, uh, and thought I was like gonna like pass away. Right. So like I had to do that just to kind of appease her, right. More than anything else. Right? But again, I felt like, yeah, you know, let me just check the ER out, get a breathing treatment, get a quick x-ray. Um, and I was diagnosed with pneumonia, right? So now um, it went from sinuses, which I typically get, which is from bronchitis, which I typically get. But now I have like full-blown pneumonia, right? Unfortunately, guys, this is the worst time to get pneumonia, right? This is the worst, probably the worst time to ever get pneumonia, right? Because here I am, a hospital doctor, right? who takes care of patients with COVID-19 every single day, right? And now all of a sudden I have pneumonia. Guess what you think the hospital also thinks I have? COVID-19 as well. Now, mind you, I didn't have any of their clinical symptoms related with COVID-19. And like I said, check out those two YouTube videos to kind of learn about some of the symptoms, uh, pathology associated with COVID-19. So I didn't have any of those symptoms I was just short of breath, right? And I was a little bit a little wheezing, right? And that's all they needed to know. So they so they did the first time I go to the ER, they give me a breathing treatment, they give me an albuterol inhaler, they do the COVID test, COVID test is negative. Great. Um, fine. I think I'm all good to go. Uh, but my bronchitis was so bad uh, that I ended up having to come back like the next day. I was like, oh, I know. Like, no, nah, I can't even make it down the steps without me like huffing and puffing. Right. So I ended up going back the next day. And then, uh, of course, again, here's this doctor. He, 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 he works in the hospital. Boom. Let's check him for COVID. They checked me again. Uh, for COVID, right? But this time, right, they were like, you know what? This is the second time coming in. You know, let's just, you know, keep you in the hospital. Uh, make sure we're not missing anything else, right? So 
I get admitted to the hospital setting um, and I get this. First of all, I get put in the um, COVID risk area, right? Because again, here I am a hospital doctor who takes care of uh, patients. And yes, I have pneumonia, but I have negative COVID. And it's one, and this is one of those things where I say we are just learning. To, we are just kind of writing the playbook as we go. Um, what typically happens, especially for patients who get the COVID, the rapid COVID testing, right, is that we know COVID um, testing has a very high sensitivity, right? With meaning that if you have COVID nineteen, it will likely pop up positive. If the COVID-19 is in very high virulent states, right? Like if you're in like the middle of a huge flare of COVID-19 and I swab your nose, it's going to come up positive. But let's say you're on the, uh, let's say you're a low grade COVID-19 patient, right? Like if you're a low grader, right? Like I may swab you and I may not pick up anything, right? So our specificity is low, right? Which means that specifically, can I say you have COVID? Uh, It's kind of low, right? But sensitive, like if you do have a lot, I'll pick it up. Right. So now I get the second test. Right. Begin to come to the hospital like to come before I'm admitted to the hospital. And then my doctors come to see me. Right. And then I'm explaining to them again the same story that I'm explaining to you guys. And then uh, they don't again, they don't believe me uh, that, the, that my covid test is negative. I right? like, no, no, no. You know, the sensitivity is you know not good and everything else. So then they do it not once, two more times. So I end up getting this covid-19 test four times in the hospital guys it was and it's a painful test guys again um those who may have gotten the test uh already it's a painful annoying test um that makes you tear up every single time um all negative right and then they they swab me for the flu which and which uh, interesting enough uh because of just the timing it it's it almost seemed like once COVID nineteen came around like the flu stopped right because I haven't diagnosed a flu in like probably like three months, right? Like right, literally right when COVID came around, it was like the flu go out of here. So, and, and that's, and again, I'm going to talk about this towards the end. That's where I talk about like, well, we got to worry about COVID. Um, but here I go. They test me for the flu. They test me for all these different respiratory, you know, bugs just to make sure, right? Everything's negative. And they're like, oh, I guess you have the pneumonia, right? So here you have this setting where if I was in, if it was in January, I would have gotten some antibiotics, maybe got some steroids, and I would have been on my way. But because of the pandemic, because, and and I think this is what patients may fear as well too, that maybe I just have regular pneumonia, but I'm getting treated like I have COVID, right? Like, and that happens a lot, right? Where, you know, you know, I have patients, you know, I got patients in a hospital that I see that have been swabbed, not once, not twice, three times, three times being negative. And there are still people who think, no, 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 you have to have COVID, right? And that's, it's such a, as a patient, it's like, ter- first of all, it's terribly annoying, right? Because they keep wanting to swab you for COVID, like, oh, maybe now it pop up positive, right? But then I always say like, well, is it positive because I already had it? Or is it positive, right? Because uh, you gave it to me or a nurse who's working with me gave it to me, or I'm in this room where, you know, people can give it to me. Like, again, we don't know in, in that regards, right? So, uh, you know, I, I, now I, I, I experience, right, the, the other side, right? I experience, you know, you know, being sick, right? But unfortunately, like, it's, it's almost, again, it was almost as if they wish I had COVID, right? Because that would have made it so much easier for them to do something, right? But because I did not have it, right? They're like, well, I guess, I guess you just got pneumonia. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I've been saying that for like, you know, three days, four days, but you know, here we are. So yeah, obviously I'm much better, right? Because you know, the, the 
podcast is back. Like I said, we actually took some time away from uh, the podcast uh, recording just because I was kind of out uh, sick and, you know, you know, uh, to myself. But again, we're, we're, we're fully back and full back at work. So, you know, uh, everyone who's uh, everyone who a lot of people checked up on me. So shout out to everyone who checked up on me. Um, I am OK. I'm great. Um, I'm doing well. I'm back at work. Uh, for that standpoint there. But like, I think that's what we need to think about kind of moving forward. Right. And when I say moving forward, as you know, states are opening up, cities are opening up and businesses are reopening up again. And we are going to see an increase in COVID. It's just going to happen. Unfortunately, guys, I I don't want to, you know, sugarcoat it. Right. We're going to see an increase in COVID. Right. Just because now all the groups are going back. And again, if if you're depending on when you're really listening to this um, right now, protests are happening all across the country. And it, it's it's unfortunate. Right. It's unfortunate. Right. Um, another black man murdered uh, by the cops. Right. And that has brought you know people out in droves. But what's going to happen again? And, and that's as, as a black physician, as a black person in general. Right. Like like I 100 percent understand why you got to be out there. And then what's unfortunate as a physician, I'm like, oh, my God, there's going to be a lot of patients with COVID now, right? Because I know, like, that's what's going to happen, right? So um, a lot of different reasons to expect spikes to occur. I can tell you, once cold and flu season comes back around again, we're going to see another spike again occur in, um, you know, th- that time frame of COVID-19. You're going to have patients with COVID-19 and the flu, right, and pneumonia, right? So, again, all of these things, again, could also also always be true, right? So, um, I again, I fully I see this hundred three thousand number that's going to go up. The one point seven million number that's going to go up, right? Right. We just have to be very weary and concerned, um, you know, with this disease process. But I can tell you, as a hospital physician, um, we are ready. We are prepared. Um, we are much smarter than where we were, you know, three, four, three months ago. Really, three, yeah, about three months ago. Um, so we will be prepared to take care of you, right? And uh, it's it's very interesting, again, especially as I'm dealing with, you know, uh, residents who are going out into the hospital life um, as a as attending or even um, new medical students are coming in into the residency, right? It's just very interesting to know that they're going to kind of grow up in a time and train in a time and work in a time where we're dealing with a virus that the playbook is still being written on. Um, you know, some cases are being one some cases are you know are not being one um, but we're learning along the way um, and we're hoping we're, we're striving to you know to bring this down right again hundred three thousand deaths um, you know is just too much right it's just too much again and, and again remember we're talking about a three month time span guys uh, uh, three month time span for hundred three thousand people to die right like we've had you know we've had families die right like this is not a disease that i want to make sure we are not sugarcoating especially you know as the summer months especially as cold and flu season comes around this is a disease that's going to be here um and again i know all these people are waiting for like the vaccine and everything else right but again social distancing you know keeping the mask on those are going to be your two most important things that you're going to be able to do to kind of help fight this disease and you know fight your ability to see me right um because if I, I tell my patients all the time especially in the hospital setting you don't want to see me i'm the hospital doctor right i'm the last person you want to see and this is a very important time where the last person you want to have to deal with is the hospital doctor, right? Like now, of course, if you hit you, if you got your heart attacks, you, you broke your hip, all those things, please come to the hospital. Don't avoid this, right? Because that's one thing I don't want you to do. I also don't want my bread and butter hospital people who typically have to come to the hospital, COPD, asthma, you know, my bronchitis folks, right? My bronchitis family, right? I don't want you guys not to come to the hospital because you're afraid of COVID. I still need you to come 
right? And get taken care of, right? Because we rather take care of you in an early stage than have to deal with you in the later stage, right? So that's, that's you know, those are my, you know, multiple cents uh, here, uh, just kind of dealing with, um, you know, COVID-19 and, you know, how I as a hospital physician, I as a program director are kind of dealing with it on kind of multiple fronts and um, understand that we are here to take care of the patient. Um, you know, this is disease that we, we know that we're going to get ahead of, but it's just going to take some time. Right. And unfortunately, you guys are kind of especially in my you guys, I mean, my patients. Right. You are, are in the middle of, of kind of the battleground. Right. Kind of dealing with a lot of these fronts. Right. So we're going to be here. We're ready to take care of everything um, uh, for you guys. And really, the most importantly, we're going to reach out to your families. We're going to make sure your family members are aware and OK. Um, you know, we're going to try to calm the fears and qualms and everything else. And that's why that's why we do what we do here on the podcast, on the, the YouTube page, um, you know, just to make sure that you guys get as much, you know, viable information, truthful information as you can about this disease process so you can better prepare yourself uh, and your family members, right? So that's me. Again, that's my solo episode uh, for this week, guys. Again, like always, you know, you know, hit us with the five stars, you know, let us know, um, you know, what, what you thought about today's episode. Um, and again, like I said, I am better. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. Thanks everyone for all thanks everyone who shout out to everyone who uh, were looking out for me and wondering where I was at because they hadn't seen me on social media for like two weeks or so Uh, you guys are great and amazing and I'm gonna see you guys uh, next week guys bye thank you for coming to the end of the episode it is yours truly Dr. Barry Pierre I want to give my undying thanks to you for your support just getting to the end of the episode means that you at least enjoyed today's episode hope you were empowered by today's episode Please remember to share this episode with at least two people that you know that would be greatly affected if they did not listen to today's episode. And if you have not already done so, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can leave a review. Leave a review there because your support is so, 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 so valuable for what we're doing here on the Lynch Learn and everything with Pierre Michael Consulting. And if you have not done so, go ahead and join the listserv to join the listserv it's very easy just grab your phone right now i'll pause join the listserv you want to text lunch learn pod this is all gonna be one word lunch learn pod to 44222 and you'll be on the listserv you'll know exactly when new episodes are coming out you'll know about new episodes before they actually come out because i usually tell my listserv members hey this is what i'm working on this are the guests that you should expect to hear for the week on thank you guys You have a blessed day, and I'm going to see you guys next week.